Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From toxic types to cheating scandals, this is Love and Reality. You're as fake as your nose, lip, and boob job. Firstly, I was like, okay, not my type, but. You have wasted my time. We see it happen every season over and over again. One half of a couple writes leave and the other half writes stay. I think this is something we have all been guilty of, including myself, and that is letting a relationship go on longer than it should have. We're welcoming back Australia's leading love and relationships coach, Dr Love, to discuss all things breakups. Ending a relationship can be heartbreaking, difficult and daunting at the best of times. Even if you're the one doing the deed and breaking things off, it's not easy. Is there any kind of simple way to figure out whether you should break things off or when the time is right if you're not feeling it? Yeah, well, look, if you are questioning whether the relationship is for you and remember we go back to the honesty card and we really have those honest conversations with our partner, the right thing to do would be ending it as soon as you know the relationship doesn't work for you or isn't working for you any longer. But unfortunately, we are not very good at ending relationships. So we see a lot of people staying in relationships for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And there's a few reasons why people sort of stay in these relationships for longer than they have to. The main four reasons why people sort of stay in these, I call them dead-end relationships because if you already know that you don't want to be there but you're not having the conversation, that's a dead-end relationship. So the first thing is that people really are not willing to step up and take some pain and all breakups come with its fair share of pain, whether it's for you or watching somebody else you're with go through some type of hurt. So we stay in these relationships for too long because of we don't want to endure any pain and because we are afraid to be alone. Nobody likes to feel alone. No, definitely not. This probably isn't something that I've really ever talked about, but I just have this intense fear of losing people. And I don't want to lose him. The worst kind of alone is being in a relationship and still feeling lonely. So already then, if you are feeling lonely in a relationship, then there's a question there whether it is a relationship for you. The second reason why people stay is because they hate feeling disconnected. And whether a relationship is good or bad for them, they're feeling connected to something or someone. And that keeps them in a relationship for a lot longer. And we see a lot of people stay in relationships for that reason, even the toxic ones, mm. because there's a form of connection. You become accustomed to the cycle of the, the dysfunctionality of the relationship. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Mm. And then people also get stuck in the guilt the, and the loss of the relationship. So a lot of people get stuck in the idea of what the relationship could look like. So the picture in their head, it's not their reality. It is what they think the relationship could be or should have been. Those relationships, in reality, they're not good. But you're holding on to the thought that if something could change, then we would be perfect. And that's not the case at all. Do you think it's possible to change those things? Like if you identify them early enough, is it possible to change someone? 
as long as you both see it as a hurdle in the relationship and you both commit to changing it. Mm. But it's very different when you've got one person that has a particular behaviour and the other person in the couple is seeing it as a hindrance and one isn't. So as long as you both see and you agree and you say, hang on a minute, you're right. My gambling behaviour is impacting the relationship. I'm going to get some help and you both support each other. Or you're Mm. right. My partying ways are not helpful for our relationship. I'm going to get some help or I need your support to get through it. And then, yes, it can definitely work. The last thing they stay in a relationship for is that, you know, when you've been in a dead-end relationship for quite some time, without even realising, it chips away at yourself, your value, Mm. how much you value yourself. Because you've given away a lot. You've compromised a lot to be in a relationship. You've probably been unhappy and you've let a lot of things slide that you probably wouldn't because you're too worried about the dream of the relationship or you don't want to feel disconnected or you don't want to feel the pain of not being in the relationship. So you really start to devalue your worth. There's been a lot of talk about Bryce and Melissa in particular and their relationship being somewhat unhealthy. If you think your relationship Mm. is unhealthy, does that necessarily mean it's doomed? No, because unhealthy relationships are based on behaviours and behaviours can change, but it's not easy. And if we think about Bryce and Melissa, if we think about the dynamic of that relationship, I'm not sure Bryce sees that he needs any changing. Yeah, you can probably say that again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if for someone like Bryce, there would be an opportunity for him to say, hey, I understand how my behaviour is affecting Melissa Mm. and I can see the impact that might have on her and I feel empathy for her. I can't see that conversation happening. And in that, that situation, having an unhealthy relationship will stay unhealthy. And then Melissa, on the other hand, definitely has been in relationships where, like I mentioned earlier, probably dead-end relationships. And she has disclosed that she's been in relationships with somebody, um, a partner, an Mm -hmm. ex-partner that was married. And obviously that relationship is a dead-end relationship. It's not going anywhere. Mm. You're having an affair with your ex-partner. What happens then is that her self-worth is chipped away. So you have someone like Bryce come along who's quite egocentric, who wants to rule the roost and Melissa and they're put together, Melissa is definitely walked over and taken advantage of because she doesn't have a voice. Mm. She's so fearful, if we go back to the first point I was saying earlier, remember I was saying to you that people are not willing to step up to take some pain because they're afraid of being being alone. Melissa has quite openly said she's afraid of being alone. She's afraid of being rejected. And so she stays in a dead-end relationship because the fear is so strong that it outweighs leaving Bryce or having said something to say something to Bryce that he'll get up and leave her. I mean, that fear, we obviously see it with Melissa, but I think it's a kind of fear that we've all faced when facing a breakup. How can you advise someone to kind of overcome that fear of being alone? Is there any kind of exercises that you can give someone to be more at home within themselves? The main thing is, is that what happens for us at all points in our, in our relationships, in our lives, is that we don't welcome feelings that don't feel good. Mm. We resist any type of negative feelings that come up, whether it's fear, loneliness, sadness, any of those feelings we will try and avoid. And we want to, we are always striving to feel good and happy and that is unachievable. We can't always feel that way. Mm. 
And so what happens in a breakup is that we don't welcome the feelings of sadness. We don't welcome the feelings of loss. And we try and resist these and push these feelings away saying, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel that way. But if we can welcome, and I call this exercise welcoming, if we can welcome the feelings in and feel the feeling of loss and feel the feeling of sadness and acknowledge the feeling, it is likely to pass quicker than it is you standing there with your hands up saying, I don't want to feel you. Because at the end of the day, the feeling is still sitting there waiting for you to feel it and you're just avoiding it. So the first thing you can do is just accept that you're going to feel pretty shitty. People stay in this depressive mood and this sad state for way longer than they need to because they've kept the emotion there for longer than it needs to. Emotion needs to move. It's called Mm. emotion, which means the emotions need motion. They need to move. But if we don't acknowledge them, they don't go anywhere. They stay there waiting for you to acknowledge them. The major thing is to acknowledge your feelings mm. and be prepared to do those things that we mentioned earlier. Be prepared to step up and take the pain. Yeah. Be pre- prepared to connect with self. You might not have someone else to connect with in a relationship, but connect with self. What is it that you like again? If you've lost your value and your self-worth through the relationship, what did you used to do before the relationship that you sort of gave up along the way that you could do again? Did you used to dance? Did you used to sing? Did you used to go to art school? Did you do cooking lessons? What was it that made your heart sing before the relationship that you can start to add so that you can get through this breakup without it lasting longer than it needs to? Hmm. I can see how refocusing on yourself would be really empowering and I guess positive in that kind of frame of mind. Well, it could, but we need to be very careful there because when we talk about focusing on self after the breakup, some people will take that literally and and they will say, I'm focusing on myself and my sad mood Mm. and my depressed mood. And it just is this never-ending cycle. So what I would say is, yes, spend time with yourself, accept your mood, accept your feelings, but know they're not there to stay. Once doubt starts creeping into your relationship and you question whether this is the person you want to be with forever, is there any way that those negative thoughts can be undone? Yeah, there is. And we've seen that in maths as well because Mm. we've seen them from week to week really do some turnarounds where they've gone from, you know, wanting to leave Mm. to the next week loved up and wanting to stay. This is what happens in relationships, obviously not so fast. You don't, you Mm. know, this doesn't happen. If your relationships are going, I want to leave and I want to stay every week, then that relationship is probably toxic. But obviously in an experiment like that, everything's accelerated. But this Mm. happens in relationships. I'm not sure if it's for me because you go through a bit of a bad patch or a hard patch. But what happens is, and you see the experts talking about this uh, with the contestants on the show, is what is it that you actually love about them? Mm. Because when we start to have doubt, we then start to notice all the things we don't like. We start to notice all the things that irritate us, all the things that make us unhappy. But there's a good 80% chunk of that relationship that you really like and you forget about it and you're concentrating on the other 20%, Mm. the the minority. When you start to have doubt, really think about, okay, I've got some doubt about this relationship, but what are the the cons and what are the pros? If I had to write them down, where where would this relationship sit? And look at the reality of it. Remove some of the emotion and let's mm-hmm. look at the reality of it. I really like him for ABCD and I really like her for ABCD. These things irritate me, but if I put them up together, 
and I look at the reality of the relationship, actually, I really like this relationship. A good old legal pad pro and con list, you say. (laughs) (laughs) They have never been outdated. They are still in fashion, by the way. (laughs) Nice and simple. I love that. It's very effective. Obviously, it's quite easy to focus on the negative and kind of get into that horrible state of mind. So, I mean, is it that simple, just trying to shift your focus to the positive? It really is. It really is. What we find is that when you start to think of the negative and you um, stay in that sort of mindset of the negative, you start Mm -hmm. to downward spiral because it's all you see. And it's a bit like that cliche, you know, what you think about is what you bring about. Mm. And if you are continuously thinking about how doomed the relationship is or how you don't like your partner because they left the toilet seat open and then every single thing they do after that is irritating you, it feels like you don't like nothing about them. Mm. But if you can just accept one behaviour is something you don't like or feeling negative for a moment or feeling, you know, frustrated for a small amount of time and you let it pass. Remember, if we welcome that feeling in and then we welcome it to just move on, we don't tend to sit in that negative space for longer than we need to. And when we master that skill of welcoming all emotions, we are in a happier place because Mm. we don't have those negative feelings sitting with us for longer than they need to. Another kind of thing we see a lot of the married at first sight couples go through is this idea of the spark and and things fizzling out, feeling more like you're just friends. Is there a way yeah. of turning that around or is, is once you've kind of lost that sizzle, is that it? Well, the first suggestion is not to have sex on the first night <laughs> because you don't even know if you like them, yeah. right? So you know you're having sex the first night you're together, which is what one of the couples have done, mm-hmm. is that, you know, they got married and, and they sort of hit the sack really quickly and their sexual chemistry was really, was there and evident, mm-hmm. but it fizzled out quite quickly. Yeah. And that's because there's no substance. Mm-hmm. They haven't built a friendship. They haven't built a relationship. They don't even know if they like each other. Sexual chemistry doesn't last a lifetime mm-hmm. because what happens is that you'll have that spark initially and then you get to know them and then what happens if you don't like them? It doesn't matter how much the sexual chemistry the sparks there. Once you start to not like the actual person, the sexual chemistry goes anyway. Mm. So it's better to do it the other way around. Take your time, get to know them, share intimate moments by, by all means. But don't be quick to react to how you're feeling. The longer you can draw out those real spark sort of feelings and the longer you leave them there without acting on them and you're playful with them, the more likely the relationship is going to last. Building those foundations up to start with. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, there's a couple There's a couple in there. Um, Jason and Alana maybe? Jason and Alana. Is Alana the dancer, the one that was... Um, oh, Belinda. Rudely... Belinda, yeah. Belinda. And Patrick. Belinda was... Yeah, Pat, yeah. So you have a, if you have a look at their relationship, both of them are quite new to the relationship game. Mm. And especially Belinda, you know, and quite unsure of herself in a relationship. Mm. And she has really, both Belinda and, and Patrick are really developing really good foundations for a long-lasting relationship. I can't imagine us going our separate ways. So you can't imagine our life not together right now? at the moment I don't want our lives to be apart like I don't want us to go our separate ways it'd be I feel like I'd be missing something 
They're getting to know each other. They're getting to understand what it is about each other that makes them fearful, mm. scared, uncomfortable. They're not jumping in the sack together. They're taking their time. Patrick's respectful of her pace. She's also respectful of what Patrick needs in a relationship. They're developing this real good foundation. So that, and, and they turned around and said, you know, I think Belinda turned around and said, I couldn't imagine, I, I don't want to imagine life without you. Very cute. I would feel like, I would feel like something's missing. Yeah. Her way of saying, I mean, I'm into you, but she's still developing communication around relationships, mm. right? But she's doing an okay job. But she feels that way because it's not just sex. Yeah. Because she's now, she's now started to develop a connection mm. with somebody. And that's really beautiful to watch. So, you know, watch this space with those two because we might find that building this foundational level of the relationship is really going to give them whatever they need for the long haul. Yeah, I definitely think they're, they're kind of underdogs of the ex- experiment. They're very cute together. Well, this has been very enlightening. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 